True or false? Walmart has eye care. True. Stop by Walmart to save and browse top designer frames right where you already shop. And they accept most insurance. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. If the pandemic has messed with your work life, you're not alone. Whether you're unemployed and searching for a new job, or employed but searching for your lost mojo, you are among the many who are feeling stuck or lost in their career. So what can we do to not only stay in the game, but find fulfillment in our work, even in these stressful times? Welcome back to Savvy Psychologist. I'm your host, Dr. Jade Wu. Every week, I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Today, I talked with Rachel Cook, leadership consultant and host of the Modern Mentor Podcast. She offers compassionate and actionable advice to help you not only survive, but thrive in your career. Before we get to today's main topic, a quick tease for a bonus segment at the end of the episode. We're back with another short Q&A with Dr. Chloe Carmichael, author of the new book, Nervous Energy, Harness the Power of Your Anxiety. Today's Q&A is about the role of emotions in success. Do emotions help or hinder us with our goals? You won't want to miss Dr. Carmichael's explanation. These days, I sometimes find my eyes glazing over as I stare at a grid of Zoom zombies, my mind slipping to my dinner plans or today's when human contact felt more energizing. Then I pinch myself with a reminder that I'm lucky just to have a steady job in a pandemic economy where many are facing unemployment or losing their business or having to reinvent everything they do or even working in jobs that literally put their lives at risk. I truly am fortunate, but I've also been hearing from many, both employed and unemployed, who are struggling. For people whose livelihoods have been upended by the past year, there is daily stress in the uncertainty of their career futures. People like me who are fortunate to have jobs may experience burnout or feeling stuck. What can we all do to keep our career momentum going, whether we're currently unemployed or missing our career mojo? Joining me today to offer her compassionate yet concrete advice is Rachel Cook, founder of Lead Above Noise, a team leadership and organization development consultancy. She's also the host of the Modern Mentor Podcast, a weekly show here on the Quick and Dirty Tips Network, where she informs, equips, and empowers her listeners to define and create their own versions of professional success. So without further ado, here was my conversation with Rachel Cook. I am delighted to introduce to our show, Rachel Cook. She is the host of the fantastic Modern Mentor podcast. Rachel has built a career out of inspiring people to perform at their best, all with a dash of humor and fun. She's a consultant, coach, and speaker who's been featured in publications like Fast Company, The Huffington Post, and many more. Rachel is also the founder of Lead Above Noise a leadership and organization development firm with a mission to deliver the insights, tools, and strategies that empower people and teams to achieve their fullest potential. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Oh, Jade, I'm so excited to be here. Let's talk about the big elephant in the room, which is that during the pandemic, 
a lot of people are facing unemployment, underemployment, uncertain employment futures at just record numbers. So how can we cope with this, these uh, employment-related stressors? There are so many people that are struggling or suffering right now, which is why I think my expertise and your expertise sit so nicely together. There are two conversations I feel like I'm having versions of on repeat. The first one is essentially what you just articulated. I'm talking to people who have lost their jobs or they are uh, preparing to lose their jobs. They're facing some kind of economic or employment uncertainty. The second conversation I feel like I'm having at least as frequently is with people who have not lost their jobs, but they are really struggling to focus or concentrate or motivate. But their mindset is, but I shouldn't focus on that. I should just be grateful for having a job. But I'm really trying to create the space to say, you know what, all of us, even those of us who are fortunate are living through trauma right now. And I think we need to honor that and respect it but also be grateful and find strategies to move forward, whatever our situation. Absolutely. I love that you use the word and there to join those clauses. I think it's so easy for us to say, but like I am feeling so burnt out, but I should be grateful or I am feeling so exhausted and I'm feeling so anxious, but it could be worse. You know, so it's kind of invalidating the first part of what we're feeling. But you're absolutely right. We can feel both things. So given that premise, which I think is such a beautiful premise, what are the things that you alluded to that we can maybe do to help ourselves keep up momentum, to move forward, to stay active? So if you have lost your job, if you are facing economic uncertainty, I'm not going to tell you that you can just optimism your way out of that, right? It's totally fair to acknowledge the stress and anxiety of that. But I also think it's important to distinguish between what is real and factual and what is maybe a story that we're telling ourselves. So for example, acknowledging that you've lost your job, if you've lost your job, totally fair. But telling yourself, I'm unemployed, I will never be employed again, it's never going to get better, this is the end of things for me, that's where we start to go. And this is certainly where your expertise, I think, trumps mine, but this is where we start to move beyond facts and into spin that becomes unproductive. So I think the first thing that's so important is just be really objective and factual. What is my current situation? I'm unemployed. I need to repair that. So let's focus on that. When we stick to the facts, we can build an action plan to move forward. But if we allow ourselves to dip into that spin of uncertainty, it's hard to climb out. That's so true. I think that spin is very easy to sort of fall into when you are feeling the uncertainty and the anxiety. And I, I love that you call them stories because that's true. Our brains are designed to tell ourselves stories all the time. But whether those stories are useful or not in the moment or and whether they're accurate and based on fact or not, you know, it depends, right? So I think you gave a really good example of not necessarily putting on rose-colored glasses and saying, oh, everything's peachy. Everything's not peachy. It's okay to say that it sucks. And at the same time, we don't need to go down the rabbit hole of projecting that suckiness all the way into the future when we don't know for a fact that that's true yet. 
Absolutely. So you do, you start with your mindset, you start with focusing on what is the challenge that I absolutely have to solve for. And then I think it's being really mindful and creative and action oriented, right? Because whether or not you feel like that next job is just waiting for you and it it just needs you to knock on the door, is there an opportunity to look for something part-time or maybe, maybe just some gig work to keep myself afloat, to keep some sense of income or revenue coming in and to feel like I'm keeping my foot in the door of employment, right? That's that's one path you could go down. Um, if you are in a situation where your finances maybe allow you a little bit more breathing space, you might look at education. Is it time to go back to school? I am also a tremendous believer in the power of your network. So who can you reach out to, whether it's to have somebody look at your resume, whether it's asking somebody for an introduction, whether it's talking to a former mentor, a previous boss, a previous client, um, or maybe it's just, you know, reaching out to friends and and getting some moral support. One thing I might notice is not to maybe get stuck in the black or white thinking. Like, it's not like I either have my perfect full-time job or I have nothing. It's not like I need someone in my network to get me an interview or I don't talk to them at all. It's There's a lot of in-between and creative and sort of out-of-the-box things that we can be doing maybe and not necessarily just waiting for the perfect opportunity for that next perfect job to get started on working on stuff. You summed that up so well. It, what, and what I think you're articulating is absolutely set a goal, you know, have a vision of a finish line, but give yourself the grace to celebrate each step you take towards it, right? It doesn't have to be achieving the big goal. You know, what's one thing that you did today to move yourself in the right direction? I love that. And I also know that you're an advocate of self-care. So tell me more about that. I am absolutely a believer in self-care. If I'm honest, that is not a thing I've ever struggled with, possibly to my children's detriment. But I have always put my self-care at the top of any list. I have always made sure that I have time to exercise, to do the things that I need to do for myself, to spend time with my girlfriends. And I really do consider that one of the keys to my success. I think that everybody, including ourselves, suffers when we don't take care of ourselves, right? Not Even though you may feel guilty taking an hour to talk to a friend or go for a walk or exercise, the truth of it is that's how I keep my energy tank full. I can so relate to that. When I work with patients, I often just want to shout from the mountaintops to all of my patients all at once, take time off. You know, you're not responsible for everybody else's happiness or well-being or getting their things done you need to take care of yourself first. And what I noticed in the examples that you listed for your self-care activities, the exercise, the talking to friends, um, the taking time for yourself, what I noticed is that these things are pretty accessible to probably most people. They don't necessarily involve spending a lot of money on fancy products or going to like a spa day at an expensive resort. So what do you... considered to be the core components of self-care. If you have the means to indulge in something, I think that's great, but I absolutely don't think it's a necessary precursor, right? To me, self-care is anything that feels good, that allows your mind to kind of let go. 
I always tell people there is no right way to self-care. But if you're doing something for self-care and you're hating it or you're dreading it or your mind is spinning, that's the only time you're doing it wrong. A couple of times I tried spinning. I hate spinning. I hate it. (laughs) It is not a judgment of spinning. I know people who swear by it. It's like their religion, but it's not for me. So I have found ways to exercise that I enjoy, that I look forward to. And I think that is the only requirement of self-care. True or false? Walmart has eye care. True. Stop by Walmart to save and browse top designer frames right where you already shop. And they accept most insurance. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Let's maybe switch gears and talk about the other group of people that you mentioned, those who are still working, but their work experience, their work culture, maybe their work meaning even feels very different now during the pandemic than pre-pandemic. So how do we maintain our mojo? How do we maintain good relationships with our coworkers? How do we stay fulfilled? Having conversations with, with clients on this all the time these days. People are struggling because they're feeling disconnected. They're feeling isolated. They're feeling uncertain. And these are really challenging times. I think it's important to recognize While we are continuing to manage through this pandemic, we don't need to pressure ourselves to recreate the old world via Zoom. The reality is Zoom creates a different experience. And so, you know, one thing I've been encouraging people to do is is allow themselves to redefine things a little bit. You know, redefine your meetings. It's okay to structure them in a different way. It's okay to facilitate conversation in a different way. It doesn't have to feel like let's all pretend we're sitting in a room together because things are different. So, let's set a different marker for success. I know this is a theme for me. I keep coming back to people and connecting and networking, and but I do. I think it's so important now more than ever. I talk to so many people who are missing what they call those water cooler moments where you're just kind of wandering down the hall and you bump into someone. And now it's like, the only way to talk to someone is to schedule a meeting. And I think my answer to that is somewhere in the middle. I think it's totally fine to put a meeting on the calendar that's just called water cooler. Um, And it can be 15 minutes, you know, and you can put five of them on your calendar in a day. I think it's important for us to create time to um, have conversations with people that don't have a specific agenda or objective. They're just there to for each, for us to check in on each other. How's it going? What's new? What are you working on these days? What's interesting, right? We, we just don't see the things happening around us. And so we have to be a little bit more intentional. Something else I've been pushing people to do is think about if you used to commute, 
and now you don't because a lot of us are in that situation. A lot of us have been guilty of just repurposing that commute time as longer work time, right? So I used to have, let's say, 90 minutes of commute time. Now I'm just working those hours. I say block that time off. Call that your commute and use that time to do something you might have done on your commute. Maybe it was reading. Maybe it was listening to Jade's podcast, whatever it is, right? How can you be more intentional about how you use that time? And it doesn't just have to be about work. It can be about personal growth or exploring ideas or things that are going to um, bring your mind back to a place of excitement and engagement and connection. Um, Exploring new ideas that maybe you can bring into the workplace and it sort of helps refresh your energy a little bit. I like that idea of blocking off that commute time because I'm certainly guilty of now commuting for about 20 seconds by walking up the stairs and I go straight from pajamas to you know a work call sometimes I'm still in my pajamas while doing a work call I don't have as much of a ramp up to my day there's not that compartmentalization there's not that free associating kind of creative in my head time that I used to have while I drove into work and going back to your point too about creating those water cooler moments and having spontaneous connection and inspiration with your team. I really like that. And so I'm part of actually a writing accountability group because in academia, it's really hard to carve out time to write. It's just a thing that we we all have. It's a Zoom meeting that we schedule where basically we hardly talk at all, but we just have our videos on and everyone's working on their own thing. And it seems silly to schedule a meeting just for individual work, but honestly, I'm kind of addicted to it. It's so helpful. It feels like there's camaraderie. It feels like there's connection. And that's been so helpful. I love that idea. You're almost creating that feeling of sitting side by side and working independently. And I think we crave that. And I think it's something we should all be thinking about doing more of. It also reminds me, though, you know, something else I've really been encouraging people to do is be mindful of your boundaries. And, you know, part of what's happening is I think we're all struggling to say no to things because, who am I kidding? My boss knows I'm not going somewhere. You know, my boss knows that I don't have to catch a flight or I don't have to commute home. But the truth of it is, we are all responsible, going back to this idea of self-care, We are all responsible for our own energy and our own wellness. And I think it's tremendously important to set boundaries and to communicate them and to hold our colleagues and even our bosses accountable to respecting them. I think we can do it. I think we can role model it. And I think our work product ends up better for it. I'm such a fan of that idea. Building boundaries is extremely hard to do, I think, especially for women, Actually, what might be really helpful is if we walk through a couple of examples of how you would set a boundary, like actual, uh, like a script that you could say to your boss who is asking you to answer emails late into the evening or expecting you to be producing more work than can be done in a typical day. So what would you say in those moments? What I really encourage people to do is to say something like, hey, you know, I'd love your help in managing what I have on my plate right now. You know, just to recap, here are the four or seven or 16 things that you've asked me to do. And I just need to be really honest because 
I will never sign my name to something that I don't really stand by, and I won't deliver something that I can't deliver at 100% quality. So can you help me prioritize? What would you like me to focus on for today? And then the rest, you know, I can get to throughout the balance of the week. But, you know, positioning it not as a help me, I'm drowning, I need help, I can't handle it, but rather quality will suffer, and it is incumbent upon you to flag for your boss where it just isn't feasible and you need help prioritizing. It might also be a question of, hey, you know, with everything on my plate, I'm probably going to need some collaboration here. So would you mind reaching out on my behalf and maybe connecting me with somebody in marketing or in sales who can partner with me on this piece of work? That might be another way that you um, that you approach that. Brilliant. Brilliant. That's a really helpful reframe to think of it as I'm prioritizing quality work and also allowing your boss to be accountable and responsible for their part of the job. Because as a manager, their job in part is to allocate resources, allocate time and make sure that their people are getting what they need. So I I think that's brilliant. That's right. Absolutely. You need to say what you need and not apologize for it. We're so apologetic for things that do not require apologies. We are whole people. We are parents and partners and children and siblings, and we participate in communities or churches, or we have whole lives. And I think right now in particular, we're in this moment in 2021 where there's so much talk about the importance of inclusion, right? And inclusion means so many things. It It may mean race, it may mean diversity, but it also means, to me anyway, creating a culture in which people can bring their whole selves to work. And so again, part of your responsibility as an employee and as a citizen and as whoever you are in this world is to be clear about that. Maybe you have young kids at home and your schedule is fixed. And so you communicate that to your boss, being really clear about who else or what else needs you. And by the way, maybe nobody else needs you, but your mind just needs a break. And that too is a hundred percent valid. We do not apologize for recognizing that we need to refuel our own tanks. Sorry, I get very impassioned about this. I love it. I I can tell how passionate you are. And I actually (laughs) want to drill down a little bit more and ask you about how to not apologize for things that need no apology, because this resonates with me so much. I'm an Asian woman, Canadian. This is like (laughs) three strikes against, I'm just apologizing all the time. I'm apologizing for other people's mistakes. And it's It's kind of nuts. And so what are some other things we can say other than I'm sorry or, you know, just literally give me some words to use. (laughs) What do we say? First of all, that was hilarious and one (laughs) of the best laughs I have had all week. So thank you for that. And I just want to acknowledge that it takes time and it takes practice. And I'm not going to pretend that I'm never guilty of it. And sometimes it's a matter of Realizing you just did it and backpedaling a little bit, you know, saying, hey, I'm sorry, I'm not able to get this done. Actually, you know what? I hope you understand why I'm not able to get this done because blah, blah. But sometimes it can be as simple as instead of, I'm so sorry, would you respect my boundaries? You know, can I set this boundary? Maybe it's thank you for recognizing that I need to sign off. I personally am in a situation right now where I have a client Uh, for whom I'm running a series of programs. And one of the programs is being delivered to an audience in 
Asia-Pacific. So the time zones make that incredibly complicated. And so the client said to me, hey, uh, we're going to need you to deliver the first session from 9 to 10.30 p.m. your time. I almost said, I'm so sorry, I can't make that work. But what I said instead is, I want to make sure that this product is exactly what you need. And you need my energy to get this done. And realistically, I am not my best self after 8 p.m. my time. So how can we how can we negotiate on that? I'm just nodding along here and thinking that sounds so reasonable. And that's not at all rude or aggressive. That's just so reasonable. And you're showing your commitment to the client. You're showing your passion for your work. It's like there's no losing here. It's like perfect. I just want to ask if there are any other pieces of top advice you would want to give to people right now who are either struggling with uncertain employment situations or just uh, difficulty feeling fulfilled or feeling motivated at work? Yeah, I would love to give one piece of advice. It is a quote that Steve Jobs famously delivered in his commencement speech back in 2005 when he was talking to the graduating class at Stanford. And he was talking about, you know, what it means to have achieved what he has achieved. And he's talking about that you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backward. So you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. And you have to trust in something, your gut, your destiny, life, karma, whatever. He literally said, whatever. And I think that that quote feels so resonant right now because I feel like I'm watching people operate from this place of fear and anxiety and whether it's, oh my gosh, I lost my job and now I'm going to have these months of unemployment on my resume and I'm never going to be employable again. And Or it's a matter of like, ugh, I'm so bored and I need to do something different, but I don't know what next and how do I decide and how do I know and what's the right answer? And the truth of it is, we all get to craft our own stories. We get to look back and pull the thread through every choice that we made and every experience that we've lived. And so if you've lost your job and you do find yourself unemployed for one month, six months, 12 months, it's going to become a part of your story. Make sure that you find a way to do something with that time that you feel proud of. Maybe it is professional development. Maybe it is caring for a loved one. Maybe it is learning a skill or doing a piece of pro bono work, but this will become a part of your story. And likewise, if you're looking to make a change and you're pressuring yourself to, to make sure that you make the exact right choice, just know that there, there is no such thing as the right choice. Whatever choice you make is the next chapter in your story and you get to be the author of it. So really just take a breath and take it easy on yourself and just take whatever the next step is. So having both some trust and faith in yourself and having concrete actions that you're doing to make the most of what is the current chapter of your life right now, that balance, I think, is, is the key. And I'm, I'm hearing you loud and clear. That's, I think, such wise advice for anybody right now, whether we're dealing with homeschooling plus working full time or we're unemployed or we're trying to make a change uh, or we're just recovering from illness and recovering from trauma. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. This was an incredibly fun conversation and so helpful. I'm sure our listeners will take away a lot from it. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for the invitation, Jade. This was an absolute pleasure.
I hope you learned as much as I did from my conversation with Rachel, who is so compassionate and also so wise. And now to wrap up the episode, we have another conversation, a brief one, with another boss woman who has some good advice to offer. So now for the promised bonus Q&A with Dr. Chloe Carmichael, author of the new book, Nervous Energy. So today I asked her this, what role do emotions play in our success? Do they help or hinder us when we envision our future or try to reach our goals? What about when we run into confusing or difficult situations? Emotions are huge when it comes to goal attainment. So obviously emotions can be a huge source of energy um, when you're feeling that positivity and excitement, even if it's just about a small you know, milestone that you've reached in a goal, that boost of energy and positivity that you get um, is really important. Actually, also, there's a value even to negative emotions because they can help to signal what kind of self-care we might need. So, you know, if you're just feeling, you know, kind of insecure, depleted around your goal, we wouldn't want to override that. Uh, We would actually want to pay attention to it and make sure that you were talking to friends who could give you some support or taking classes if you needed to build your skills. A lot of high-functioning people have learned to kind of block their emotions because they don't want to get caught up in emotions but it's actually helpful for them to get back in touch with their emotions and realize that in fact, emotions can give us a lot of information and even some energy. Thank you so much, Dr. Chloe. Nervous Energy is out now and available wherever books are sold. And next week, tune in at the end of my episode for another bonus segment from Dr. Carmichael about how to sit with our emotions or whether that's even a good idea. Thanks for listening. And let's continue the conversation on social media. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at QDT Savvy Psych and also at Jade Wu PhD. You can also keep in touch with me through the Savvy Psychologist newsletter, which delivers psychology tips and news straight to your inbox. Savvy Psychologist is audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg and edited by Karen Hertzberg. As always, Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and doesn't substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Thank you again for joining me and I'll see you next week for a happier, healthier mind. True or false? Walmart has eye care. True. Stop by Walmart to save and browse top designer frames right where you already shop. And they accept most insurance. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.